Oh, Am yes. I allowed to swear? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can say whatever the hell Fuck you want. Fuck, yeah. Um, Fuck, yes. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing the Lord Conspiracy. A deeply researched theory postulates that we, the world, are being lied to. And that the world-famous recording artist Lord's second album, Melodrama, is not about her breakup with her former boyfriend, as she claims, <laughs> but instead about her secret, torrid affair with older producer Jack Antonoff. <gasps> An affair that ended his five-year relationship with auteur apologizer Lena Dunham and continues to be conducted right in front of an unsuspecting public. Oh my god. This theory was published in a blockbuster PowerPoint by Twitter user at BuzzKillery, a.k.a. Hillary Benton. And today, we are joined by Hillary herself to discuss her original investigative research into Lord Antonoff, their music, and a wide cast of supporting characters. Welcome to the pod, Hillary. Hello, Hillary. Hey all! I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited you're you're here too. So this is going to be great. This 29 page Google Slides project that you made, um, uh, deeply annotated, uh, a lot of research and, and graphics. Uh, you dropped this on April 19th, and it got uh, <laughs> put, put around the internet, the regular uh, viral sites, uh, in the following weeks, which is where we saw it. Got super aggregated, yeah, man! Congratulations. Thanks, guys. That's the dream. Anything for that content. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was some primo content. Um, And we were just coming off at that time having seen uh, Lord perform at the Barclays Center, an event that is featured in this theory. Uh, So once we saw this. uh, this, Yeah, this. Yeah, this confluence uh, of things that we were uh, uh, interested in, we knew we had to get you on to discuss this uh, still developing uh, words about music. So, Hillary, what brought you to make this thing? Um, insanity. Like, other <laughs> than that, I don't know. I'm in. Do either of you listen to or are in the podcast group Who Weekly? I should, but I don't. I've been told many times that it would be extremely my shit. Yeah, you would. I feel that you guys would enjoy it. It's right up your collective alley. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I am not <laughs> plugging. Not paid to plug. And this is not SpawnCon. Um, <laughs> Hashtag ad. But, but I don't know. Like, I'm in a bunch of celebrity slash pop culture conspiracy theory groups, which makes me sound entirely sane. And um, I was talking for some reason about how um, I was going to go see Lord on April 7th. I don't know. Whenever sure. was the t- t- Sometime time after then. the Barclay. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there in Newark. Um, and I was talking to some internet pals. <laughs> like, you don't need to be uh, shy about being extremely online. Uh, okay. We yeah, are, no, I mean, we are, I, are deep, deep into the morass of, of online savantness. So yeah. uh, uh, well, this I'm is a safe about- space. I was talking about this to my fiance earlier, actually, because I was like, I have heard a new term. Have y'all heard this? Locals? The term locals. Locals? I mean, I'm familiar with the word as in a part of the language. I guess it probably doesn't mean what I think it means. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
gosh. Okay, Hip us to it. Yes. All right. I hope that I'm right because I'm going to look like a real idiot. But um, as far as, insofar as I can tell, the word locals means someone who is not, it's a state that I can't really imagine of like not being deeply uh, ingrained in the internet. Sure. Like, Oh my God. Like they're like, they live in like the real world. Exactly. Like people who live like in the real, it makes it, it makes so much sense once you hear yeah. it. Right? Oh my like, God. Locals. The, the townies, locals. the townies of the real. Exactly. Townies of the real world. Oh so, shit. But yeah, like it was, it's been such a hard thing for me to like, this whole project has been so clear who in my life is like a quote-unquote local and who like gets it yep like people you can tell immediately in people's like eyes whether they're like your psychopath or like tell me more (laughs) well you're in a tell me more space so uh why and i'm like what do you mean why (laughs) like I, w- I was just told about the the two types of characters that are on Who Weekly. There's the Who's, which are yeah, the, who's and them. the Who's and Them's and Them's like. So for people to hear about this PowerPoint, it's the difference between them being Them's or Who's. Like the people who are like, those are Them's. Those are your people, the Internet people. No, no. Actually, that is not. That is <laughs> really. <laughs> we should are. listen to the show. So Who's and Them's are like. It's a type of celebrity. So, like, your Rita Ora is considered, like, the queen who. She's a queen hear, who. Exactly. You hear her name, you're like, who? But, yeah. So then, like, there's, like, Megan <laughs> Markle, go over this who was other. a who. Yes. But then she had her graduation, and now she's a them. <laughs> oh she, transcend- she transcended. Uh, I was thinking about why this story. This story is great because it's good and juicy and gossipy. Uh, in its own way. And I was thinking how it fits into what we do here, which is mostly established musician memoirs. I mean, sometimes more on the random side, eventually we'll uh, do people like, you know, the third member of corn or something, but you know, mostly established artists who have written memoirs or something. And these are, but I, I, my justification for this other than it's fun and good and cool and nobody should question our programming decisions Mm -mm. is that these are artists who are very keenly, uh, interested in using their personal narratives as their music. And like, mm-hmm. you know, this is like not about Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift ad- adjacent and her out al- each new She's album. She's a minor player. Yeah, yeah. Each new album of hers is more and more just like a list of grievances and song form about her from her personal life. So it's her a- next, CD- her next album is just going to be called my grievances are as follows. Yes. Exactly. Like- <laughs> a list, a list of personal title. complaints. Yes. Yeah. So many bops. So knowing about this stuff as it's going is actually very directly tied to some of the most popular music of the day and a huge section of the commercial market of, mm-hmm. well, maybe not Lord's second album, but, uh, you know, a huge section of, uh, of what these artists are doing. It's a part of it. Yeah, yeah. The the commercial success of the second album is a huge... Okay, so I'm actually working on part two as we speak. Great, great, Yes. Let's hear about that towards the end. So you were in these these, uh, uh, celeb discussion groups and you were going to see Lord and the Uh people on the board or something on one of these boards brought up uh, uh, this issue. So basically, I was like, I'm so excited to see Lord. It's my second time. I don't know. I've seen her twice. I don't know why. Um, I saw her with my dad the first time. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, like, I don't know. My dad wanted to go. So anyway, be that as it may. Um, I was like, I'm kind of mad at her right now. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but why am I really mad at her? And so I was trying to Google, like, 
did Lord actually like do anything? And the internet said no, but the Lord was the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord said yes. The internet so said no that the Lord was fine, but no. Um, I was like, she totally like green light is about being the other woman, mm-hmm. and everyone like I, I got like a resounding no, and I was like, no, no. There's more to the story here. Y'all are wrong. Like there is, yeah, there's more to the story. Like I, when my gut tells me something like that, I listened to my gut and then my gut told me it was about being the other woman. Like, and so, and so it is. And and you set out to prove it. And I think you pretty conclusively did. I think you did. No, I, I was shook. Like I, and I consumed melodrama at basically at Lord's face value as a breakup yeah. album about her, you know, J- James Lowe. Is that his name? Her much older photographer boyfriend who according to her, her much older, but still not as old as it goes. Still not as old as it goes. Yeah. I mean, it can go much older. And also he has terrible um, SEO skills and he really yes. needs to get those worked James on. Lowe's SEO. Um, yeah. Hil- Hillary pointed out in her PowerPoint that um, James Lowe's website has like lorem ipsum uh, description text and if you as far as i know hold on i can check i'm pretty sure it's still there wow someone needs to optimize his shit lord just from that no matter what you do with a few key seo moves you can basically (gasps) get set for the rest of your life did Did he 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 fixed it he took your advice i think you sparked that change in him no, I must have. I'm sorry. Like, I'm trying so hard not to take too much credit for anything that has happened after this. But James Lowe fixed his SEO. That is so... Uh, you should add um, web... You did a good job. Yeah, you should add web placement consultant yeah. to, uh, for yeah. James Lowe to your, your SEO resume. Consult- yeah, yeah, James Lowe's personal SEO consultant. I, I can love add it. that to my list of many talents. Yes. <laughs> good job, James. If you're listening to this... It was much needed. Someone, someone it's, came out of this with, a, with a W instead of an L. Uh, so usually before we get into the main story of the app, we go around the horn and uh, kind of talk about our experiences with the artists before we hear the whole story that we are about to hear. Uh, I'll go first because mine's probably the easiest. Uh, I was never a huge never a huge Lord fan until Molly made me a huge Lord fan. Uh, but you know, I always, in terms of, of big pop songs from, you know, you hear Royals when it came out and that song didn't really sound like anything else that was going on. You hear how young mm-hmm. that artist was and you're like, Oh, there's something special going on here. And you know, being like, that is a good song. That is a song that is everywhere all the time for like eight months in a row that I don't mind hearing everywhere all the time. I'm excited to see where this person goes. And then we we saw her live twice, and she was great live, and she was incredibly charming, and she continues to release good and interesting songs. So I'm in, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was a, a ca- very casual Lord fan, and mostly was enchanted by the story of this person from this far off uh, sheep island in the middle of the Pacific becoming mm. overnight a worldwide pop success. Yeah, I think that's solid. Yeah, I guess I I didn't realize that I made you like Lord, but I guess I did. Um, you made me go from being like, oh, Lord, that's pretty good, too. Like, Lord, Lord is Lord, pretty great. Lord, yeah. From good she, to great. She is from great. From who to them. From who to them. Yes. She's a, she's a them to you now mm-hmm. and was she always was a, a them who, to but me. But now she's a them to you. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I fucked with um, pure heroin and then when Mel, you know, yeah. <laughs> This is me confessing my my drug use. No, now. I know 
I just the way that that came? I fucked with pure heroin. I, I was deep in it. Yeah, deep in the shit. I was way in that pure heroin. Ugh. Um, do Lords fans? I, I I feel like there is another universe where Lords fandom calls themselves junkies after uh, pure heroin. Oh God! Does she have a fandom really name? That is an amazing name. Uh, uh, yeah. Disciples. Like- uh, <laughs> Christians. Surfs. They just call themselves Lord stands. Lord stands. They need a name. Ugh. I have to, y'all. I have to tell you, Lord stands are pretty. Like as as they go. Yeah. They've been pretty chill. Like <laughs> no death threats have not for really you. Come for me. That, no. But Taylor fans, I have gotten so much hatred from Taylor fans. She's not even really a big part of the story. For two seconds. No, you know what they're mad about? Hmm. That you called her a minor player? I called her minor! (laughs) But she... Look, Taylor can be the one of the biggest rec- female recording artists in the world, and also there can be things that happen in the world that don't involve her. No, not, <laughs> not to the Swifties. How dare you? I'm sorry, I didn't mean that that horrible insult to her. Oh my god, that's amazing <laughs> that they yes. came for you. I'm so sorry. Oh please, it Did was they crash hilarious. your browser, no, dude. Y'all, there was one person. There is one person who made themselves a Twitter account to be mad at me, and I was like, yes. No, I saw it, and it was like it said to like join account like 2018, and I was like, "You did this for me!" Oh my god! Oh oh my god! (laughs) Thank you. But they told me that I I shouldn't speculate on celebrities' lives, and I was like, (laughs) "That's what they're there for." Speculate in private. Yeah. No. Like, what do you? Yeah. First of all. You're as you're as a, as a stan. Like you have to like recognize the irony. Yes, yeah. uh, you're constantly speculating on their lives. Yeah, but that's like a particular. And that's what gives your life meaning. Mode of of deep fandom is the defender, mm. where it's like you're not. Sure. You've moved past almost taking joy in just like being like, oh, there's this mega successful famous person whose life is so great that I'm an insig- insignificant to and I can just like yeah. imagine stuff about them as a form of entertainment for myself. You've moved they past that untouchable that you have to like move into this what realm of like protecting them from any part of the real world as a part of your uh, uh, idolation so that it's nothing terrifying. can. Yeah. So that no chip can come onto them because that would also yeah. be a chip onto your worldview. Oh my God. Uh, so what was your Lord journey? Yes. Um, so, I mean, I also went hard with the pure heroin. Um, (laughs) it was very much a time for me. Like that came out my, like, Oh, I don't remember now, but I I got into it when I was like a junior college. So Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, I was going through it. I was in shit. (laughs) I hadn't started antidepressants yet. It's like, that was a whole thing. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I followed her because, like, I don't, she was, y'all, she was 16. She's a little baby. Drops. Like, she was a child. And also, I have naturally really curly hair. So, like, I had a solidarity with her. Like, <laughs> that was her whole uh, personal brand for like a hot minute. Yeah, for a long time. No, seriously, if you don't remember the back, like, that was her brand. Like, her hair, like, she was like, I will never straighten it. I will never cut it. And, like, Gal has straightened it and cut it now. So, but that's okay. <laughs> you know what? We change. If I if I had to do everything that I said when I was 16, I'd probably be dead. But, yes. I would be covered um, in bright eyes tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, like, oh, I mean, there's still time for me. Yeah, but yeah, when are you, you gonna know, get that bright eyes chest that. piece? We can still make that dream come true. <laughs> bright eyes chest piece. <laughs> 
that's that's a uh, that that's could be beautiful yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she really hit something with pure heroin that was like really special it was kind of like liz fair's exile in guyville yes I actually mm-hmm. tweeted yesterday but like it's the same like very it's like somebody's music when they're in it mm-hmm. and like you're getting a very special experience hearing somebody write and perform something that they're still working through because it's a lot more raw and complex than just like, this is a thing that I have gone through. I have closure now and and like, wow, wasn't it crazy when we were growing up and like all this hard stuff? Like, no, it's like, it's frightening mm-hmm. getting old right now. No, this, yeah. yeah. That's a yeah, great, like that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's present tense. I feel like it's Lord's music, and I think that that's like a lot of her appeal. And that's also what makes this story uh, important because yeah. it's she's writing. It, if if we are to believe your premise, which I think people will by the end of this, uh, that she's writing through something that she says right now. It's also a very, especially that first album, especially for a huge monster single. It's a very intimate sound. Yeah, it's like it's sparse, intimate. and you have her like humming in your ear these like crazy harmonies that sound massive, but are still like all this one, like small young girl, like whispering things that, that which was, she's so, thinking which the was time. so crazy after for pure heroin, which was like Royals. When has, when is like an acapella, like yes. there's like, when no- is the song ever, like gone so crazy, like with an, with an acapella, like crowd because it's so, <laughs> It's so it's arranged so well. Like, yeah. It's so artfully done. And it like even like beyond that's the thing with Lord is that like I feel like there's a lot of music that it's arranged really artfully and you're like, this is really beautiful. And then you listen to it and you're like, but the lyrics don't necessarily resonate with me so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. But with Lord, it's it's both where like it it speaks to something I don't know, like musically, where you're like that's special, but also lyrically, you're like this is really interesting. And mm-hmm. there's something really interesting here. And we'll never be production and the content really mirror each other in a really uh, Mm -hmm. special way in in ways that you I I think more you see in like like more indie or niche things that don't become massive hits where you know you have some like weirdo working on something that's very specific to them but it's it's usually like you know something niche where like they have an audience but it's not like going to be a number one radio single and it's rare for to hit that kind of sound with those combination of things in a way that that song, that one song is like the peak of her thing, but then her whole mm-hmm. oeuvre yeah. does. Aesthetic. Yeah. That's not, yeah that, I think that's what was so surprising about it and so special about it was like, in a way it was so interesting because it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of pop music in 2014 and still is like, yeah, I mean, this sounds like a pop song, but it sounds like all yeah. the other pop songs. There's a reason we care. And yeah. I mean, the the yeah. most amazing thing about melodrama is that it took her so long 
to put out a second album, which is so not the move right now. I feel like everyone's always trying to get the second and third and fourth. Yeah, they're they're releasing their playlists, they're releasing their their diss tracks, their their push a T type style, Mm -hmm. little, you know, EPs. Um, but I think Lord is like much more old school and that's just just like, I'm gonna wait until I give birth to my album baby. And this album baby was someone else's someone else's daddy. Someone else's baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get in to the meat of this thing, which is the theory. Walk us through how you believe melodrama was conceived and created. All right. For what I now believe is in 2014, um, Jack Antonoff and uh, Lord met. Um, at the time, Lena is with Jack, and Lord is reportedly with um, James Lowe. So they start recording together in yeah 2015. Mm-hmm. And just real quick uh, for context, we're going to talk about him more, but uh, Jack Antonoff. Uh, has been yeah. a producer for uh, a number of people at this point. Most importantly, Taylor Swift, uh, yeah. who's the most important musician to produce for in the world. But he's also been a music guy hanging around various bands since as early as 2001, where I just looked this up. He's he was been in a hardcore band in Jersey. Since he was 18. Yeah. yeah. He's in a uh, hardcore band in Jersey in 2001. A little after that, he was in a few other bands he hooked up with his former friend who was in the format to create a uh super group called fun it's funny to think of fun as a super group but i guess that's correct yeah fun, fun. excuse me fun dot fun dot fun, fun. the name yeah, of the band where you F. how you pronounce fun when you're trying to con- to convince somebody to go to a party that you you want them to come uh because you know it's not it's gonna, gonna be, be fun it's gonna be fun, fun. come on fun. you know it's gonna be fun fun um he they produce a worldwide number one single with uh wh- what is it called when we're young? We are young. With we, we are, are young. You guys want to hear a wild fact about that. you guys want to hear a wild you know, fact about we are are young? What when fun single we are young reached the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 chart? It made fun the first multi member rock band to have a number one Billboard debut on the Hot 100. Since Nickelback's "How You Remind Me" in December uh, two thousand and one. Wow, is that true? That speaks to a, a incredible rock hit drought, a decade long situation. Yeah. The first number one debut of a multi member rock band since Nickelback. Who's a Who's a single member rock band? Jack, Bleachers. Ble- Bleachers. True. Or like Jack White, if he's doing something, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever he Jack calls White's doing. A rock group. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jack. <laughs> no, I mean- yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Jack Antonoff, a guy who's been in several bands, had a huge number one single, uh, and then started moving into producing and songwriting for other people, mostly hot, talented women. Yeah. I feel like Lord Only working with Lord was women. his sort yes. of transition Only to that. Hot, talented white women. Yes. Facts. That's facts. facts. Wow. So Jack. Jack and Lord meet in 2014. And now. All right, so Jack and Lord meet in 2014. Um, on the public record, the next time that they are together is in July 2015 when they start working on melodrama. However, I have new information that tells me that they may or may not have both been in Asbury Park in 2014 when she was working on the um, Hunger Games 
soundtrack. So Yellow Flicker Beat, great song. Yellow Flicker Beat, excellent song. And she also, um, she was on both Hunger Games soundtracks that were, I don't know, publicized or whatever. Like Didn't she were only curate were one? Like, curate. She curated one of them. And that's the one that she curated was the one where she was in Asbury Park. And just fun fact, I hate that I know this. I didn't know all this. I had to research all of this. Just so you all know, like this is not information that I had. Um, <laughs> Charlie XCX was on that album that she curated. Mm-hmm. Charlie XCX also was on tour with Jack Antonoff. Okay. That year. Wasn't that there, there a stupid name Connect for that tour? Dots. Yeah. That there was like uh, Jack and it's, Charlie take the world or something. It's like Jack and Charlie take America, which is yeah. so much worse. Or do America or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Do, oh. oh, anyway. <laughs> so she, and she also backed out like halfway through. Charlie for, did? Yeah. For quote unquote personal reasons, which she never expanded on. Mm. Okay. So I'm not going to make any claims there, but I will say it's strange. Yeah. It is strange. So the, cause you, you originally had their apocryphal meeting at either at a Grimes concert or mm-hmm. at a Grammys after party. And Jack yes. gave her a can of pineapple juice. So you're this pine, this, this, uh, uh, Prussian pineapple <laughs> juice actually might've not been the first time that they connected is what no, you're saying. So either way there was pineapple juice involved. That was the thing. <laughs> that was the thing. No, I'm seriously, that was, that was the thing about the pineapple juice that fucking killed me was that, I found two stories, right, mm-hmm. of how they met. Number one was this Gram- Grammys party, which was in 2014, that they supposedly met at with Taylor Swift, which I have found documentation that that could be the truth. Mm-hmm. And I personally believe that that is the truth. That is my truth that I'm living. I yeah. found the documents. So, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to say... Jack, I'm saying it now. I'm saying it on this podcast. Jack, Lord, Jack, Jack, Lord Antonoff. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's assumed her name. <laughs> Lord Antonoff. Jack and Lord met in 2014 at a Grammys party. All right. And you can at me. Is the pineapple juice a thing that's been known about her for a long time? No. So, so that, that's okay. not like in Sorry, her like tiger beat profile that she's like likes pineapple juice, dislikes. No. So. Either story, that's what killed me about the pineapple juice, was that I heard one account that was like, we met at the Grammys, and he brought me a pineapple juice. It was so great. I felt like I was at home. Number two, we were at a Grimes concert. He was like, I'll go get you a drink, Lord says, and sort of disappeared into another room. And he came back with a can can of pineapple juice, which is quite a weird thing to bring someone. He handed it to me, and then and then he whipped it back and rubbed the top of it and said, rats crawl over them at the factories. Oh, my she God. She sensed that she had, quote, unquote, come home in the nicest possible way to meet someone like that. Oh. I, uh, Here, I got, you, I got you this drink nobody would specifically request. It's also filthy. And, you know, in hindsight, like, now that I have gone through this, like, deep psychological evaluate, evaluation mm-hmm. of... Jack Antonoff and you know Lord I have come to the conclusion that like of course like that is totally Jack Antonoff's shit test for people like mm. he, how much of like a douchebag bro move is that for like a quirky dude mm-hmm. like yeah. meet this girl at a concert 
dash off. I'm going to go get you something to drink. Come back with pineapple juice. Quirky. That'll stick in her head. No one else has ever gotten this girl a pineapple juice. I'm going to grab it back from you, though, because there's rats on that. So I'm going to wipe it off. Endearing. Charming. And also However, in his own way. Yeah. Endearing. Like he's also putting himself in as like, oh, I'm a protector figure. Yeah. But in, like you a fucking weird, idiot. Yeah. Pineapple daddy. If, Wait. Also, to be clear. If this concert happened in 2014, she's 16 and he's like 29. This is like 17. This says, okay, but this, this Grimes show was apparently in 2015. Okay. So 17, but which is why, but which is why I think that they, okay. So they have both said that that's when they met was at this Grimes show, but this Grimes show is apparently in 2015, but I think that they met in 2014, which would mean that, on the public record, they met when she was 18. Mm-hmm. So they pulled a uh, Lindsay Lohan, Wilmer Valderrama, yeah. where <laughs> they didn't come out as a couple until after she turned 18. Exactly. Yeah, but, but not that they've come still out as a couple. are not coming out as a couple. I mean, mm-hmm. they are... Okay. Because they're not a couple, but we'll get there. So she, he gets her a pineapple juice in either 2014 or 2015. That is their first connection. Uh, then there's a bit of a time jump to... Uh, when Lord begins sincerely working on her second album throughout 2015, there's like, okay, it's July. She like officially says that they're working together. She posts some pictures of them in December, which then brings us into spring, spring of of 2016, 2016. which is when Lord basically moves in with Jack and Lena. Right. So at this time, Jack Antonoff has been date officially dating Lena Dunham Mm -hmm. for a long four time. Year, three or four years at this point they live together well, i think three years yeah they live together or are living together i'm sure they're both traveling a lot and we'll get into the travel part in a second uh that they're they're living together in brooklyn heights yeah they're mere steps from our 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 doorway yes go oh, knock on his door he still lives there oh, oh he does God. oh she moved out okay gosh <laughs> she moved out she moved to her parents house oh gosh oh my lord okay this asshole right? okay, okay. oh poor so lena. he's living with lena dunham I, thought, I never thought i would say that by the way yes. that's i know that's, that's how why I'm so, that's how that's how deep this goes your, pa- your powerpoint this- making me feel bad for lena dunham is truly the gymnastics of our time <laughs> so yeah they're so Jack has a recording studio in his house that he's sharing with Lena Dunham that Lord basically moves into around uh, like late winter, early spring 2016. Lena apparently, you know, waltzes in and out. There's a lot of quotes from her um, saying things like Ella and Jack worked on most of this album in our apartment. It was a privilege to watch her create and feed her little snacks. She posts (laughs) on Instagram um, which has since been deleted. Oh, that's telltale. the telltale yep. sign is Feed when you delete little snacks. Feed her little snacks like she's a fucking squirrel. Yes. She's so, like a, a mother bird. Which Hillary, you yeah. you even illustrated in the PowerPoint with a screenshot of the deleted Instagram that was embedded in a Hello Giggles <laughs> uh, uh, article, which is truly right like... There. You're do it's you're crushing it with yes. your annotations, visual, uh, perhaps visual and written. Perhaps the most uh, in-depth piece of research that Hello Giggles has ever been cited in. Probably, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And then also, she uh, Lord insulted Lena Dunham's cooking. Yeah, she insulted her cooking. Those she little, said those little snacks weren't that great. 
No, no. And that's the thing is like, I didn't even put that together until later. I can't tell you how many times I've read through this stupid thing now. <laughs> like, I thought I would, I thought I would be done with this like the next day. And yet here we are. So, but yeah, she said, Lena's not really an award-winning cook. Lord says laughing. There was a lot of Postmates, but she would come in and be like, you're incredible. You're the greatest people. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> That's very Lena Dunham yes. to come I to mean, bust in in the middle Lena of your Dunham. track. She went and then shut the door and then fucked her boyfriend. So like that's the loss. Yes. I, I would also lot. like to bring up here that um, Lord insulted Lena Dunham's cooking. And one of the first instances of Lena Dunham being uh, written about in the press was when she was in high school, uh, a student at uh, Brooklyn Heights's St. Anne's private school. And for some reason, and I still cannot figure out how someone from the times was sent to Lena Dunham's house to cover her throwing a vegan dinner party for like eight of her friends. She, I believe was the still, her mom was, her mom's an artist, a visual artist. Yeah. And she was a thing because of that. Um, and I think her dad does a thing too. Was this before or after Tiny Furniture? This was, this was way, way before. before. This she like was a she was... junior in high school and she threw this Wait, vegan so this is dinner like party. fame Lena? Yes. yes. She this... was, she was a who? She was in New York. She was a Brooklyn who? Amazing. Yes. Yeah, this would have been like in the early 2000s. Early, two, it was right, I think it was right after 9-11 because they were talking about being sad about 9-11. Oh my gosh, does this fit into our favorite genre of New York Times things, which is sad about 9-11 comfort, comfort food? food? Sad about 9-11. 9-11 comfort food. Wait, you guys, Jack Antonoff is also really sad about 9-11. He's if incredibly Google, sad. He's really sad about 9-11. He talks about it a lot. Um, I'd say Bleachers is mostly a project about 9-11. In in Jack Antonoff's Song Exploder, he spends a lot of time talking about... I can't remember which song song he exploded, but he's basically like, my life was falling apart and it was partially because of 9-11. The line was like... You were personally victimized by 9-11. Look, we can't be too mean with Jack Antonoff because he is a 9-11 victim. He was made terminally sad by 9-11, yeah. uh, and it has affected his life ever since. And so Sorry, we Jack. have to factor that into his decision-making. I don't think anyone is sadder about 9-11 than Jack Antonoff. Laura didn't have to deal with 9-11. No, she was like, on the other side of the world. She was like Lord nine years life. old, and she was in Auckland or whatever. Was she even she nine? Was she was probably like six or something. Yeah. <laughs> She's... Uh, with her mom, Sonia. Their Sonia. mom, Sonia. We haven't even talked about Sonia yet. <laughs> Sonia was uh, a joke. Okay, so we, we got to push this forward a little bit. Uh, so they're living together at this point. The, the, the only thing I want to bring up is that Lena Dunham clearly can't cook, and she never has been able to, and I feel bad for anyone who's ever had to eat her food, apparently. That's all. The, Lena Dunham is on the record as not being able to cook. Yes. Can't cook. Just, despite her first media appearance being about cooking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's not a food influencer which anyway in let's, way let's is like a fucking girl's plot <laughs> everything about lena is the most lena dunham that's the thing is that like lena's life so accurately imitates art yeah well yeah. it's like she it's almost like the prisoner of as not the prisoner of azkaban <laughs> like fucking what's whatchamacallit um oh god the chamber of secrets yes like her life is almost like the chamber of secrets and <laughs> that she opened up the chamber with girls and, and then she now she has to live in it now she has to live in it the basilisk of quirky uh like mishaps has yeah. been following yeah. her hissing quirky white feminism yeah. quirky, yeah. White, quirky feminism. white feminist basil- basilisk so i we, mean that might as well just be jack antonoff yeah it's true <laughs> 
So we he's, move, cha- he's chasing that that so, dragon. So we move forward a little bit. They're writing this album uh, all around Lena. Lena's feeling like a mother figure to uh, to Lord. And is the Florence and the Machine concert next, or is Coachella next? So the Florence and the Machine concert that right. is in. I love that uh, you have like all these documents uh, spread around you. This is like true conspiracy theory hours, and I am a big fan. Completely aside, I had a like phone interview with someone from the guardian like a couple weeks ago and he was like so would you say that you care about the relationship and i was like no <laughs> only for I, you're you're like a, a 40s pi or something who's just yeah. like all i care about is the truth yeah Facts. i don't care the people need to know yeah, people need to know so florence the machine concert that happened in 2016 okay april April 2016. And your supposition is that somewhere around the time is when they actually start hooking up. Coachella. I think Coachella is when the first contact occurred. The official first contact. But I don't know. I struggle because the way that I see this going down is... And this is why I say everyone has their own Jack Antonoff. (laughs) Because you have this like... uh, this thing with someone and it's like not a good thing mm-hmm. and it like definitely should not be happening thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like and it hasn't, that line has not been crossed yet, but like you guys both know that line's going to be crossed. Like it is, it is coming. Yeah. 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 And yeah. So you sit down with a bottle of wine on your floor that night and you're I mean- getting real into like the emotional talking I mean, Coachella also makes sense. Just like if you, again, if you're like imagining any time you're, you oneself has been in this thing, it's like something bad has been brewing and then suddenly you go to another place and it's there yeah. and you're outside of the cold. constraints of the home and you're away from your significant yeah. other. The and desert like, air blows tantalizingly. And it's Coachella. Yeah, and, it's and, it's, Coachella. and everybody's treating yeah. both of you like you're the shit and everybody's like, I oh, I'm so glad you're working together. It's so great to see you two together. Blah, you're blah, blah, hanging blah. out with Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's Was, another, there's a picture of them where Taylor and Jack, or Taylor and Lord are sitting with their feet in the pool and Jack mm. is wearing that stupid windbreaker. Oh, yes. that's that's from that that's time. That's from Coachella. Hillary, yeah, so is like, that was that Taylor's Bleachella? Was that when she was dating Calvin Harris and she went full so. on blonde? That was like a big moment for Taylor too. That was a, you know what? I kind of liked that moment for Taylor. I, I did to too. I'm not a big Taylor fan. Sorry, but <laughs> I uh, say uh, uh, that was the sound of a thousand uh, puppet accounts being uh, Twitter accounts being created to make to mock you online. I I, I feel like I have to. I reflexively am like not a big Taylor fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But like that was a good time for her. And it was actually like isn't that around the same time it was. See the timeline. It all fits. It all fits. Mm -hmm. Um. July, I want to say it was 2016, was the year that um, St. Vincent and Cara de Levine were dating and they went to the 4th of July party. (gasps) The infamous 4th of July party. Yeah. Everyone is at the beach. There's like just a wide swath of celebrities. Yeah. Oh, Taylor Swift's Rhode Island. Uh, Yeah. I I know this because uh, uh, one of my acquaintances, uh, Reply All's PJ Vote. Uh, Wait, shut up! You're friends with PJ. We used to do improv together. I've been speaking yeah. to him for a few years, but uh, we should really reconnect sometime. 
uh, he told me that he he had like a friend's house or maybe a family house that was like right across the street from the Rhode Island, the Taylor Swift Rhode Island summer house. Yes, yeah, so I'm familiar with this. So yeah. uh, anyway, this I think we can all agree like summer sixteen in spring and summer sixteen was like it was quite a moment, and I think it was like pre Trump getting elected. It yeah. was kind of like we thought Hillary was going to be in the bag. Like yeah. everyone which, was on this heady cloud of, of self satisfaction, which is also where what Lena was consumed with at that time, which was taking her away from uh, yeah. from the the Jack Lord situation, which the is domicile. That yeah. Lena, Lena was, was on tour, was on political tour. She was putting on all her star spangled rompers. She was and, making pantsuit themed videos. Uh, talking about things to people. I don't even know. So what, much Hillary content. Yeah. So <laughs> much Hillary Clinton content. I don't remember anything specifically she said other than that it should be good. I, I don't know. It should be good. <laughs> it should be good, I guess. Vote for Hillary. Should it should be, be good. good. You know, vote for Hillary. It should be good. Should Lena be Dunham good. says yes. I kind of like the nonchalance <laughs> of that as a political slogan. Should be good. <laughs> Uh, but so that's what Lena was consumed with at this time while Jack and allegedly, uh, Lord are starting to enter a phase of the relationship that is perhaps both emotional and physical. I now believe I've come to believe that, um, Jack Antonoff was not so much looking for a uh, girlfriend on the side as much as he was looking for a um, I have a new theory. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you're hearing it here first. It is the Manic Pixie Dream Muse theory. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that is that Jack, it's not totally like he's put himself out there as this nice guy producer mm-hmm. who's worked with all these successful, also conveniently, <laughs> conventionally attractive white women. Mm-hmm. Um, who basically it feels a lot like he has used, I don't want to say used because that's like such a loaded word, but like he has benefited off of their success basically. And he cares about them only insofar as for his success. So what I think happened was, you know, there's this, however old she was when they met 17, 18, either way, She's coming off of this intense, like, incredible first album, first mm-hmm. single. Like, she's won this Grammy. Um, I don't, maybe more than one Grammy. I forget how many Grammys she's won. I mean, it's but, Grammys fucking for an album like that. So many Grammys you can win, like, best yeah. song, best single, best record, best album. You yeah, know, she like, got it. I think she got She got at least one. Yeah. As a teen. Yeah. As a teenager. And you have, like, David Bowie telling you, like, you're the you're next. The, you're the best love. You're yeah, going to be good. Bat, like, there's nothing like you. Like, <laughs> you've got that happening. Like, how do you, first of all, if somebody had told, if David goddamn Bowie had told me when I was 16 years old that I was the next anything, like, if he had, like, even breathed in my direction, like, I would have thought I was the motherfucking shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, but it felt, I mean, you can see how much pressure that would put you under as well. Like, Everyone was speculating, like, what's she going to do next? Like, I remember I remember when Pure Heroin came out being like, how is she going to follow that up? Mm-hmm. Which is why I brought Liz Fair up earlier, because, like, Exile and Guyville was kind of the same way, where, like, she came out with this album when she was, like, what, like, she, she was 17 when she wrote it, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, and like, And it dealt a, with yeah. all these things that are, like, yeah, like, so raw and so intense and, like, make this, like, 
incredible album, but like, what is she going to do next? Like, Mm -hmm. so she ends up working with this producer who like, she's friends with Taylor Swift or a, and because Taylor Taylor Swift sucks people into her orbit by being like, I want to be friends with you. Yeah. She She like slides. Yeah. She slides into the DMS and is like, I think you're great. Come to Rhode Island. We're going to wear matching bathing suits. (laughs) So like that's, that's the orbit. And honestly, if Taylor Swift did that to me, I would said that to me, I would probably join. You know what? I probably would too. Yeah. I would, I would probably issue a public apology and like head on my, she probably had me killed though. Honestly, if Taylor Swift, like, if I got a thing from Taylor Swift being like, hey, come to Rhode Island, I would be like, absolutely not. I'm never entering the state of Rhode Island again in my life. There's a bounty on my head. And then Antonoff, again, I just to like hammer in his like MO, I'm looking th- through his list of songwriting um, collaborators. And it's just like so clearly that he has a thing of like the type of person he wants to stand next to. And it goes Carly Rae Jepsen, Tegan and Sarah, Sarah Bareilles, uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Grimes, St. Vincent, Sia, Fifth Harmony, uh, Pink. And then I think even maybe even more telling is I was looking back. Charlie XCX. Yeah, Charlie XCX. Mm -hmm. I was looking back and before he was like a real thing in his band Steel Train, one of their first mm-hmm. albums, a thing that he did was have the entire album remixed and re-recorded featuring all female artists. That's Bleachers. He did that with Bleachers. Yeah, he did. I think he did that again with Bleachers, yeah. but this is all ba- Wait, all the he way did back it, he did it with that? Steel Train, with a Steel Train album uh, back in 2009, <laughs> getting Scarlett Johansson, Tegan and Sarah, Aaliyah Shawkat. So you know that they dated, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Amanda Palmer uh, oh, yes, to, yes. to do all this stuff with him. It's like his whole thing appears to be like, find the most attractive, talented white lady and yep. stand next to them and be like, what you're doing is great. But what are, if we made it sound just like a little more like while, when we're, while we're young, when we're young. Yep. He's basically a professional. I, I, I keep referencing song exploder because I'm obsessed, but St. Vincent did a song exploder for New York, which incidentally is the song that uh, Lord would coo into Jack's face at that the Barclays co-wrote. show that, that, he, he co-wrote that he co-wrote. And what it sounded like from St. Vincent is like, she's, she's like, I have this, this modular synth and it takes me so long to get these sounds out of it. And it's just like, it's such a hassle, but like Jack just did it immediately. And so I'm wondering if the scam really is, he's a female energy vampire who just happens to know how to program synths. I really do like, wow, that's actually, he just know he has the little, like he can do the little feedback in the background. He knows the knobs. Honestly, I feel like that's like pretty accurate because even with like Lord, she was like, I came in, I ran into he and ran into he and now I can't do. (laughs) I ran into here. (laughs) (laughs) Crunch. (laughs) I was, I was immediately at home. Him. Yeah. He guy gave me a pineapple juice. I think I'm doing Australian. He gave me a pineapple juice. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby. Lena. <laughs> Lena. That's the one Lena. thing I Jack. And Jack. She always Lena. says Jack. 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 Just recording with Jack. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you can't deny that New Zealand accents are just like the most Jack. ridiculous thing. He said things like, let's get the lyrics that people are going to tattoo on themselves. And like, he is, quote, I swear to you, when he was asked about Terrible Thrills, Volume 2, his, like, 
his ver his album with um, Bleachers that he had like re recorded with all female voices. Mm -hmm. um, when asked about it, he was quoted as saying, um, "Well, I have females. <laughs> I have females. Red flag. Record, yeah, females." record my songs first so that I can hear how those, they sound. And then I go out back in and put my stuff over it. And I was just like, okay, this dude is really this unself-aware that he's going to say this. Shit. And that's the thing is like, he's gotten away with it. Mm -hmm. And like the reason he's gotten away with it is because he's, he's like the anti-Dr. Luke. And that's how he's positioned himself. Mm -hmm. It's like, I mean, he clearly has a knack for, for writing catchy, successful songs oh, yeah. that fit into a pop mold that work with other people's voices. But it, it is also like the pattern around it is like so obvious and the way that these people fit into his creative mode that it does bring up all the <laughs> classic red flags of like <laughs> kind of exploitative male feminist type thing. Thank well, you. Lena well, wrote not that kind of girl. And I feel like Jack is not that kind of producer. Mm -hmm. Yep. But that's actually, God damn it. That was the title of my next. Wait, really? My next PowerPoint. <laughs> I was like, Jack Antonoff is that, is not that kind of guy. Oh yeah. my God. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll try not to scoop, but clearly so there's no, some synergy okay, here. Away. Yeah. Please let's. So, but no, uh, like, so I think we, I, I want to just like kind of run through the last bit of the timeline here because I want to get into the songs because I think that that's where the real textual evidence mm. comes into play. So uh, they're in the same place at the same time a lot. Uh, they're being photographed together in uh, under not quite suspicious circumstances, but but working very intimately and often alone away from Lena. Um, we go through the album is is written by late summer in August Lord continues to record it through the beginning of the year. Yeah. And then we basically have a few more major milestones, which is election loss. Lena, Lena fucked everything up. Uh, weird SNL loss, performance. Election loss is in November, 2016. And then March, 2017 is, is the weird SNL, performance. weird SNL, the SNL performance where she's wearing a wedding dress and playing back to back with Jack. And everyone was like, that's cool and normal. And then, full album comes out in June and then when yeah. they break up at the end of 2017 they say they've been in the process of breaking up for six months which six you months. you dated it back to the release of the album which do you mm -hmm. think that Lena heard melodrama and was like the what the the veil came off her eyes or whatever that phrase is <laughs> I think she found out like before maybe in June, maybe mm -hmm. before that, sometime around that six month mark, I think they got caught out. Mm -hmm. And what I think happened was they tried to make it work and, or Lena tried to make it work because the sense that I have gotten about this relationship from all of their interviews is that this relationship is really convenient and beneficial for both of them in different ways. It's a mutually beneficial PR relationship. Yeah. And that Lena has said so many times that Jack is like the best PR that she could possibly get. Which is because he's like so cool different. and normal. Yeah. <laughs> in a way, in his own way. 
Yeah, he like, but he like gives her credibility, and that like, if this like normal seeming dude can like put up with this person, which sounds awful, but like, there's so much mean spirited stuff about Lena Dunham out there. I don't want to just like dogpile on, but you have to say by from like her own service, and I will say whatever about her. Okay, I'm I'm talking from a personal level, but it's also like in the public eye. But if you take her at her own word about herself from everything that she's ever created, she seems like totally impossible. Yeah. I mean, I, I read the book. Yeah. It, it's, you know. Yeah. We all read the book. We all read the book. Lena on Lena is Lena sucks. <laughs> and sometimes she can make decent art of it and then really also not. Uh, sometimes she just yeah, fucks it up. about Lena is that she should really just like stick to making art about herself because that's the only version of her that like isn't. Yeah. The worst. And it should just mm-hmm. get crazier and crazier. And it is the worst. Yeah. So she has a reason to stick with this relationship. Well, so does he. Because mm-hmm. as a 30-something-year-old music producer working with much younger women or women in general, it kind of helps to have this, like, hugely outspoken to her own to a fault, to a fault, to a fault. Yes, she's outspoken to a fault about like feminism, but like the widest form of feminism. Mm-hmm. And she gives him plausible deniability, basically. Yes. That's a right. Good way to put it. She gives, she gives him this like this reason not to ask about anything that's going on behind the scenes because he's dating Lena Dunham and he has been right. And, and yeah, so- and it would be for the for that roster again that I run ran down of like all the people that he's worked with. If he was single throughout the entire time which he was basically mm-hmm. not, you know, you would constantly be hearing like, he Oh, mm-hmm. Jack, Jack is working with, you know, Carly Ray is, are they going to do get, yep, get together? Exactly. He's working with Grimes. Are they going to get, no, he's not a uh, billionaire techno <laughs> supremacist. So um, yes, I know that's yeah. a story for another pod. That's something that I struggle. It keeps me up at night. Is <laughs> <laughs> what keeps me up at night is the fact that I have, I was, I feel like I was mean to Ward and it's not her fault. I mean, it's <laughs> we've all we've it, like she was I feel like she was praying. Mm, that's a word. I feel like she was you know there was a much older man. Yeah. And she was in her teens and this man had a lot of influence mm-hmm. and could help her. In her career, which she was struggling with, which is like, this is a fact. Like, she Mm -hmm. was having a hard time getting uh, what would be melodrama off the ground. Like, she went to Max Martin. She went to, oh, I don't even remember who else. And she got turned down by, like, several producers who were just like, this is not not interested. Like, she kept getting, like, passed on. And then she met Jack Antonoff. And Jack Antonoff, well, she had already knew Jack Antonoff. But anyway, she started working with Jack Antonoff. And, like, Jack Antonoff knows all these people. He has mm. all this influence. He And it's, like, a group He's working that with the know. same kind of people that she wants to, that she's trying she to move to into. She wants to be in that, like, you want to be Taylor Swift adjacent. Yeah. I don't care if you are Lord. You want someone who's had that level of success. And, like, inarguably, I think of pop music like that I have heard in recent years. Jack Antonoff is a good producer. Like, yeah, I mean, we saw Bleachers live recently, except, and as much as it, I want to think that, that he's song. which which song? Oh, God, 
Oh, look what you made me fucking do, man. Not I a like fan. That song is so. I like that song. What? I like that song. What? Yes, I'm sorry. I like that song. <laughs> uh, it's, it's goofy, but it's fun. It's. I feel like it's Taylor Swift's. Uh, like, be prepared from the Lion King. Like, yeah, it's, it's like her, a Disney like, villain song. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's her Disney villain song. It's good like that though. It's 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 corny or it's it's campy. Oh my god, in a way. it's campy. It's campy in a way, and I like the Electric Clash part. Yeah. Taylor Swift absolutely is Scar. Yeah. yeah. I think she thought she was Simba, <laughs> when, but when she's that came actually out, Scar. When, when that came out, we were joking that her lead singer single off her next album is going to be called like, Taylor Swift drops her for her debut single off her next album. I'm going to come to your house and fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> she could. She could and she would. Yeah. She has she's the resources. Like, she has the reverse Ice Cube career where she starts as like a family friendly uh, Di- uh, Disney character Country. and is going to end as like somebody who you're like, oh, she's definitely had people killed. Whereas she's the Ice last Cube, thing you see before you die. Yeah. Whereas Ice Cube started as like a guy who definitely was like murder adjacent ter- yeah, to Disney family people. friendly uh, movie star. Yes. I like, do you guys think that she's had someone killed before? <laughs> I think she's probably had somebody intimidated. Yeah. Like really intimidated. Like maybe financially intimidated. Like she's probably sent a lawyer to somebody's office with like a contract. That's like, that's like you could do the thing that you want to do. She does that every week. Are you kidding me? I mean, she sends takedown notices to her fans on Etsy. Like, you know, she's (laughs) yes. She caught, she copyrighted the year 1989. (laughs) Lest we forget. She's savage. She's on the next level. All right. We got to get to the songs. (laughs) <laughs> so what we have here is a basically 18 month time period that moves from Jack Antonoff and Lord re-meeting for uh, around their second time to very quickly like moving basically in together with Jack's girlfriend, Lena, recording this album, the album coming out to a series of oddly intimate performances leading up to a, a period that is a, a six month period in which Lena and Jack uh end their relationship for quote unquote uh, reasons or, you know, hand wavy reasons. Yeah. Uh, and what we finally conscious bring to uncoupling, uh, they did a conscious as, uncoupling. As Leda says, they just, they had grown apart. They had mm. grown apart. Uh, and they also returned their dog to uh, Lambie. 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 Oh my God. Lambie. Pour one out for Lambie. Anyway, sorry. <sighs> I, just, I, I had to bring it up because clearly there was some intra, intra Lena Jack stress going on around yeah, Lambie. What was going <laughs> what it, what was Lord's relationship with Lambie? I bet Lord hated Lambie. I bet Lord I bet could Lord not stand Lambie. I bet they got rid of Lambie because of Lord. There, I mean, there's another version this could what go if that Lambie knew too much. Lambie <laughs> might have known too much. Wonder if Lord and Lambie got along really, really well, and Lord could <laughs> and Lambie could only remind Lena of Lord. Maybe Lord got along a little too well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, there's too many L names. Lambie and was the sacrificial Lamb. Lambie of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Lambie. You can just get rid of a dog without it being a whole big thing, but because she's she Lena Dunham. The dog was part of the personal she was brand. Like, it was abused before we were together, or before I got, like, Lena. All of her Instagram posts were like, it's me and my anxious dog, and I'm anxious, and my dog is anxious, and we're anxious together, and we love each other, and then because she gets rid of the dog, it's like, it just makes you question everything about her relationship. It's a whole, I don't know. Lambie makes a, you question everything. <laughs> it makes you question everything. Every it seems just like everything that she that she gets interested in ends up being like a shovel that she's digging a gra- her own grave with, and then she gets to the bottom and she's like, "Oh, I'm here in this grave now." You know what? Give Lena Dunham a reality TV show. 
That would that's rule. That's That would and she would be Lena. so good at like that's what producing I want. it as like a heightened like reality show, but she has her own weird artistic twist on it. That would be great. That yeah. would be a great project and for her. The thing about Lena is like she, she if there's enough self-loathing and unself-awareness there, yeah, that she would allow it all to unfold. Yeah. And like she would and then she would like apologize like as the season went on and be like, I would never do. And then in the next season or in the next episode, she's like doing the exact the exact thing that she said that she would never do. It could really be. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And she okay. would get people who would like shoot it beautifully and like. Oh, it yeah. Would, yeah. Yeah. It would be so already directed by Greta Gerwig. Like it could oh, yeah. really be a thing. This I is a great it. pitch. H- hot pitch for Lena. Yeah. And so we get to a bookend, I think, of this period, which is the Barclays Center concert. Yes. Uh, that Molly and I were at. In which, but uh, we had terrible seats and could not see basically anything. Um, <laughs> we could hear it. In which Jack, in the middle of this highly choreographed, expertly delivered pop star show, it grinds to a halt as Jack wanders out in a windbreaker, chewing gum, and uh, <laughs> basically he and Lord sit on top of each other, singing these uh, acoustic, these singing few New fucking York. acoustic uh, St. Vincent songs that he had written, uh, cooing at each other making goo goo eyes and doing like weird, uh, like for flirtatious back and forth that, um, the audience, at least me in the audience, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, and that kind of bookends this story in a way that that, those are, those are the facts. And now the evidence is the, the most compelling part of this thing is in the songs themselves, the songs of melodrama. Um, so do you want to like kind of take us through some of these songs and and oh and God. see how they support your evidence? Sure. Opening track of the album, Greenlight. This Green is light. the thesis for this entire thing. There, there's evidence in the other songs, but it's all really right there in Greenlight, right? Yes. Greenlight is, in my view, the smoking gun. Yeah. I swear to you, the first time I heard this song, I was like, this song is is about like doing something shady. Like yeah. the song is not about breaking up with someone that's bullshit. Like I don't want to hear it. And it makes me physically angry to hear that because like it means to me if you hear th- this song should be a litmus test honestly of whether you're a good or bad person because <laughs> if you're a bad person you hear it for what it is. <laughs> and if you've never done anything bad in your life then you're like it's about breaking up mm-hmm. so like, yeah because her stated when asked in interviews what the album was quote unquote about she was like oh i broke up with my long-term boyfriend this 24 year old new zealand guy named with, james yeah. with terrible seo skills yes lorem ipsum yeah yeah james lorem ipsum low like and let's be honest yeah. i feel like that guy is not in, inspiring these sort of like rageful piano disco chords, yeah, like that's he's, not he's his like some vibe. Small, small town uh, New Zealander dude. Small town. He Kiwi. never comes up again. We never hear anything more about him. And we just like they are never like no. I'm sure no. he's a fine guy, but not. I, not no, he's not. He story. dated a 16 year old. Oh when yeah, he was right. 24. Sus. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's you. just your and standard New Zealand scumbag. So what are yeah. what are the, the words in uh in Greenlight that 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 put that put you onto this? We're gonna go word by word by word. Yes. All right. So it starts. Was that, I do my I do my makeup, do my makeup in, in somebody, somebody else's, else's car. car. Yeah, I do my makeup in somebody else's car. Does Jack have a car in Brooklyn? Because that yes. makes him a huge asshole. Jack, 
Chuck does have a car. I think that's weird. This is something that I've what learned is this, about him. Seinfeld? It will make, yes, yeah, well, no, his parents still live in New Jersey. And he lived with his parents until he turned 28, because of course. And he <laughs> keeps his he keeps his, his bedroom the same way that it was then. Jack Antonoff won't grow up. That's part of, yeah. because this is what I struggle with with him, is like there is like a little bit of me that does genuinely feel bad for him, this guy, and like does see like, him as a human being because like his sister passed when he was like young young yeah and then 9-11 happened and that of course weighed heavily on us all and then 9-11 happened but like and and he talks about like how he has like OCD and like I think if you listen to his like his bleachers stuff he's so nostalgia focused and he's so all about talking about those like good bad old days that I feel like that there's something there there i've read this interview with him where he was like new jersey is such a huge part of my um like my music because you know living in new jersey you see new york and it's hell because you're like i'm so close but so far away he literally went to fucking private school in manhattan like (laughs) oh my god every single day like and went to school with scarlett johansson like who who do you think you're kidding you (laughs) What do you mean? It's hell. You commuted. Like you're so far away. You were there every day, buddy. Like, like are you are you talking about the the NJ Transit train <laughs> being late? Seriously. Like, no, I would I would get it if you told me like NJ Transit was like that much of help because I commuted. Like I worked in the city for a year. I get it. It's the worst. It took years off my life. But like, <laughs> no, he had a driver with his sister. Oh my god. He's acting like yeah. the the uh, you know, the, the Hudson River war. is a moat full of dragons that's separating <laughs> him from those big apple lights. Yeah. And you know what? New Jersey is awful. I live here. Like, it's I, not by choice, but, like, it is – it's terrible. But, like, you were there – you were in the city every day. So, like, don't come at me with this, like, fake Bruce Springsteen bullshit. And he'll get mad at me if he hears that because he loves Bruce Springsteen. He, he loves fucking Bruce Springsteen. Does. Again, we, we, I mentioned this earlier, but we saw Bleachers re- recently, uh, and he was projecting uh, extreme Bruce Springsteen vibes, oh, both in like the style of the music and like how he was dressed, and his like, cut-off t-shirt and jeans. The and, like, jeans. His whole like did stage Le- presence and everything. Did Lord do a Bruce uh, Springsteen song for you? <laughs> did, does she cover Bruce does Springsteen? She, well, Bruce Springsteen she covered did, Lord. She, he she, he did, did a Royals cover, but he called himself "You Can Call Me King B." It was well, you'll have to pipe it in in the recording because it's insane. But I wonder if Jack had anything to do with that. Everybody's like crystal made black diamonds on your timepiece, jet planes, islands, tiger on a beach. I don't care. I'm not caught up in your love affair. I'll never be royal. Don't run in our road. What kind just? So these these words, I've got it pulled up in front of me. I do my makeup in somebody else's car. We order different drinks at the same bar. Uh, I know what you did, and I want to scream the truth. She thinks you love the beach. You're such a damn liar. <laughs> she, Greenlight was written after that Florence and the, and the Machine concert. Yeah. She was like, there were lights. And she loved the lights, apparently. And she came home, you know. Loved it. With Jack, because they had gone to the show together. And they were like, we knew what melodrama was about. Which I think was actually like they maybe 
they kind of had their, it was either that moment that they had their thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the song talks about how she, I know about what you did and I want to scream the truth. Like she thinks you love the beach. You're such a damn liar. Like it's all about deceiving somebody, Mm -hmm. which is not, that's not a breakup jam. Like when you're breaking up with someone, you're not concerned about how they're deceiving that person. Yes. Yeah, and, so. it, and it has all these images that are about, like, sneaking around stuff. And lines yeah. like, did it frighten you how we kissed when we danced on the light-up floor? That's not when a breakup. On the light-up floor? That's not a breakup line. That's a first kiss line. Did mm-hmm. it frighten you when we when we kissed? Did it kissed? scare you? Yeah. Did it scare you that, like, you had this girlfriend? Yes. And now you're and acting like you're a little bitch. where this is going to go. Yeah. And just the, the refrain, I'm waiting for it, that green light, the permission to go... That we yeah. can do something. It, it's it's not. Yeah, you're not waiting, and, and even the way that it's sung in this song, this triumphant, like hopeful, aspirational, yeah. that green light. If it was the breakup thing, like I'm waiting for the green light for the the relationship to be over or something. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. sense it's not the right it's not the same song like and you could even say i don't know change a few words and put the song to a different like write the song differently but mm-hmm. same lyrics with a few words change i could tell you yeah it's a breakup song yeah it's not though right yeah. like the way the the way that it is composed and the like those few like key imagery points but like, did it frighten you? Like, it doesn't frighten you if you're already broken up. Right. Like, you're not afraid. Yeah. So, okay. Also, the like people say that the refrain, like those, or sorry, the rumors, they have big teeth. I hope they bite you. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it doesn't make sense that that's about like being, that being an ex the way that it is in context. Because it's like, I, I wake up in different bedrooms I whisper things, the city sings them back to you. So, like, you want... It's it's about you doing something that you want this person to hear about. Like, mm-hmm. everyone does that. And think about those two lines in context of the situation of her living in a house with exactly. him where he's mm-hmm. waking up in a different room in the city, mm-hmm. the yeah. only city that matters, New York, New York, the big awful. Yeah. <laughs> this is why this is such a great conspiracy theory. A, because it's true, but B, because it's like once you get the right frame in, all the evidence Everything is so yeah. clear what that that it, it's supportive. Like when you read this as a breakup song, you're like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I mean, maybe she's mad. You see, he said she would always be in love, but you're not in love. I guess he's talking about with her. But when you read it as a sneaking around crushing on somebody who you're waiting to turn to you song, you're like, oh, that's what this song is. And that's kind of what it was for me too. Was like once I hit that like point, I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. so every song on this album to me is like, yeah, maybe it maybe is it in part about James Lowe, like the supposed ex boyfriend who this is about? Did it start out that way? Quite possibly, yeah. Did you have this song written in part or outlined? Sure. Did that change over the next two years that the song was like 
massaged. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the same way that um, his album that he came out with at the same time is mm-hmm. composed. Like there's a lot of traces of Lena and there's a lot of traces of Lord on there too. And it's worth mentioning that since you guys went there, that song don't take So he's quoted so many times as saying, like, don't take the money is something that I repeat to myself to, like, keep my eyes on the prize. It's not about money at all. He says it's about following the light. Oh, the green light. The green. He, he wants light. it. He wants it. Oh, my God. Um, Let's just talk about one other song on this one, because I think it's the other one that if you look at it in this frame, it's like, oh, fucking duh. Which is liability, mm-hmm. which is yes, when you're being yes. the other lo- the other person in somebody's life, that's exactly what you are. And when you read this song in that sense, you're like, oh, yeah, this is absolutely about being somebody who's already in a relationship's liability. They say you're a little much for me. You're a liability. You're a little much for me. So they pull back, make other plans. I understand. I'm a liability. Get you wild, make you leave. I'm a little much for it. But also, I feel like she, the way her ruse, the way she framed it when it came out was, you know, I'm a liability because. I'm Lord. I am Lord. I'm so famous. I'm so famous, and no one wants to date me because I'm so famous. And like, I'm going to ruin anyone's life. But that's so. But really, and then she's like, "But really, you know, anyone can feel like that." And I was like, "I don't think I've ever felt like that." (laughs) Like, that's I don't relate to that at all. And my like most of my fandom with Lord is relating to her music. So this was such a like she's relatable. She's relatable. Whole thing, and she's relatable. And then to and also like in her context of other stuff, she never writes stuff that's like that's like oh. I'm so big and successful again. It's like, it's all like intimacy stuff where it's like, uh, this is like, as you said at the very beginning, my uh, my story as I'm living it right now. And it's not about like, uh, Oh, poor little famous girl stuff. That's like that reading of this song is totally outside any other of her other songs. But then when you look at it in the light of her being a liability to say somebody who's in another relationship, who's maybe flirting with her, then this song makes perfect makes sense, sense in her context. Yeah. And she also positions herself as this sort of like, dare I say, Lolita, femme fatale, yeah. like dancing in my storm. Like I'm poison. I'm a storm. Felt, yeah. She's yeah. felt like jailbait almost in a way. Well, like, and I honestly, I think that, I think that that's the dynamic that they had. Yeah. Like, I think that that was their dynamic. I think he probably, validated and affirmed that belief as well and like probably did the same thing grossly with lena like played her as this like Mm -hmm. she's she's 20 like she's in my apartment like you know Mm -hmm. the way that gross dudes do yeah it's like what do you expect me to do yeah like and also like we were in the middle of a creative outburst and we were like oh you know he did yeah and that's why i like i think that at least one copy of the ethical slut is involved in the making of this album because you know that he like that's where this dumb heteronormative gossip thing comes from mm-hmm. and, like where he's like 
God forbid that somebody be hetero with your hetero bullshit. Like, <laughs> he just wants people. It's a nice way of saying fuck off and, like, leave me alone so that I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Like, yeah. He probably, and he's probably preaching the same thing to, like, the girls that he is, you know, working with, which is, like, it's just work. Like, it's just art. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, happens. And we both walk away from it. And, like, you know, if you get hurt, that's yeah, kind of like your problem because I told you what was up. Right. Right. So, yeah, I think I feel like liability is a lot like that. And yeah. I think the other song that for me is like, oh, yeah, is sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is the one that like she tweet she had a tweet storm about where she was like, so the first inklings of sober came to me at the back of the Uber, which this floored me. This is part of the thing that, like, when I read this, I was like, this fucking PowerPoint is getting made. Because <laughs> the receipts. Hit, like, are you for real? Like, are you for real putting this on Twitter? Which is, once you, like, get down this, like, conspiracy, like, rabbit hole, it's like everything is connected. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I'm not going to say that, like, she maybe, maybe, like, deleted all of her tweets and Instagram posts so that people wouldn't go back in time and look at them and you know, try and find anything else. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that I don't believe it. I'm sure that is probably exactly why she did it because she knows better than many people that you can poke in at those. You can find, you can find the deep hidden meaning in those, (laughs) in those those tweets. So she said, so the first inklings of sober came to me in the back of an Uber and then properly a Jack and Lena's kitchen table where she obviously wasn't eating Lena's food. She was eating (laughs) Yeah, sush. I bolted to the studio. Which was downstairs. Yeah, I bolted to the studio, the next room over. Yeah. I'll never forget writing the first demo. It was like a trance. I guided Jack's hands to the cords, (laughs) almost wordlessly with my hands on his shoulders. And she, I think she we fucking ghosted him like a yeah, movie. She ghosted him. She ghosted like, him. came up behind him and just she yeah. came original up sexy him ghost. and just like took his hands yeah. and melded them. Which like even that, if I was Lena Dunham, I would be like, uh, like wow. could you not? So, <laughs> um, I literally just imagined Jack and Lord in there doing their ghost thing, mm-hmm. and then. Lena popping in like Regina George's mom and Mean Girls and being like, "Can I get you guys anything? Snacks? It's a, what is there? What is the other? Condams? What is the other thing that she says lo, that Lord yeah. that Lena says is like we lived in our like cozy, cozy, cozy hut. Yeah. The cozy, cozy cult. We're like a cozy, cozy little cult. Yeah. Oh uh, my god. But it's like and yeah, and you look at the stuff in this song in that context where she's like, I know this story by heart, Jack and Jill get uh, fucked up and possessive. I know you're feeling it too. Can we keep up with the rules? Uh, bodies all through my house. I know the story by heart. Jack and Jill get fucked up and possessive when they get dark. Yeah. And when you so see the way that Lena is talking about Lord and this like mothering tone and with this supposed relationship between Jack and Lord, it's like there's a lot to read into that tone. line that Jack yeah, and Jill and get fucked up and possessive. That, like, even Lord talks about Lena and and like it just sounds resentful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds bitter and resentful and like very much like a she's in my way, like 
tone mm-hmm. about like, making fun of her almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, not even almost. Like, her tone is making fun of Lena, but, like, in a passive-aggressive way where, like, I know something she doesn't know. Yes. Uh, like, I have one over on her. And honestly, if you go back and, like, read um, any, God, any interview where Jax mentioned anything about Lena, like, the dude sounds like they've been married for 15 years and he's waiting for her to die. Oh, my God. He sounds like he hates her. Oh, no. He hates her. Like, just, I remember one time, like, I remember, I remember one time. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, there was this one interview where, like, they were telling, he was going to the Grammys by himself. And he was like, yeah, Lena came with me last year, but, like, this is way better. Like, going by myself is way better. Like, who says that? Oh, my God. Yeah, I love going to major award ceremonies by myself. Stag. Yeah, so that I can go hook up with Lord later. Like, it was probably the same year. Yeah. So he said, I think we, or she said, I think we express the emotion so purely. It's leaning and drawling, juvenile and triumphant, impressing someone and then embarrassing yourself. And that late Saturday night declaration, we pretend that we just don't care, but we cared. Tasted as fresh and new in my mouth as oh, ice water. Oh. That's like a way worse like lot. Like she should she should not tweet. Maybe yeah. But <laughs> yeah, again the whole, the right. whole the whole vibe of this song of like be we are together in an escape fantasy, but there is some other world that we need to come back to and pretend or act like this thing didn't happen. That's not yep. a breakup song. No, it's a sexy, yeah. Yeah, it's a sexy illicit song. affair song. Also, when she says that the first, you know, whatever beginnings of sober came to me in the back of an Uber, I'm like, I know the back of the Uber you're talking about, Lord. You're on a Molly yeah. come down, driving to LAX from Palm Springs. Jack is asleep in the backseat next to you. You're depressed, being like, we got to go home to Brooklyn Heights. Lena's going to make me some terrible fucking snacks. And I'm going to have to, like, pretend that nothing happened. But I know something happened. That's where sober comes from. And you know what? It's a great Wait, song. Wait, no, you're right, though, because she said, she even says, like, sober, like, kind of, like, the formations of it started at Coachella. So, like, they yep. were totally banging it out, and she was like, God, mm-hmm. I want to get that in again, but I yep. can't. And Lena we have to go back to reality. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of... I mean, you, there's much more detail on this, and we'll link to the to your full pe- full piece in this. But that's oh, like basically, we will link. We will link. We will. <laughs> link but that's like to the, the thrust is that you have this timeline that thrust. that is <laughs> uh, that you you have this this timeline that puts all these pieces on the table, and then you have this piece of art that comes out of it that puts uh, color on the on the painting, uh, flesh on the bones of this of this outline that. And the painting in the Louvre. And it puts painting hangs the, the painting in the Louvre. But in the back, uh, still the Louvre. Uh, still the Louvre. That um, that pretty undeniably, I would say, points to this this take, this story mm-hmm. of this artistic expression. Um, and you know, I'm I'm kind of moving us into the the in conclusion part. And you know, we touched on this at the beginning, but you know, these are. Pop stars whose work, whose art is very intimately related to their intimate lives by personal declaration. Uh, You know, Lord has said many times that this is a very personal album that tells a personal story of a specific and real thing in her life. Mm -hmm. And yet the specific and real thing that she talks about in relationship to this album is pretty manifestly not the real thing that happened. 
It's a, it's a MacGuff. It's a MacGuff. And so, you know, this is a podcast that's con- concerned with the stories that artists tell about themselves. And to us, I think that this, that's in conclusion why this is an important story, because there is an important artist of the day who is not telling a true story yeah. about themselves. But I, I do have one more question, Hillary, which is why why did PowerPoint feel like the most natural medium in which to express this conspiracy? Um, well, for starters, I work in marketing, so <laughs> everything that I've ever done. It's a deck. <laughs> is in PowerPoint? Yeah. <laughs> it is your medium. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah it is my medium. Um, somebody actually, a, a young uh, Twitter DM'd me and was like, you should make a YouTube channel. And uh. I was like, absolutely not. Like, first of all, no, I do not want to do my makeup that often. <laughs> second of all, like PowerPoint is my medium. Like I'm old. Just let me be old. Like, just let me have this. Um, but I was kind of shocked by like all the feedback that I got about PowerPoint not being a thing. Like PowerPoint is very much alive and well in my world, like mm-hmm. in my heart. And I, it's a compelling I, and easily visual, visual way to lay out this thing. Yeah. It's an easy way to like tell a story and like, it's all, I don't know. To me, it's obvious, but yeah, you know, and Hey, a PowerPoint is very much alive. Well, it was only a few years ago that Jennifer Egan got all those, uh, 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 laudits, uh, plaudits, plaudits for having that whole chapter written in PowerPoint in um, a visit from the goon squad. Amazing. novel, uh, Which is also a book about music. Wait, really? Ugh. Yeah. Were you inspired by this? What were you inspired by goon squad for making this? Cause that was, no, just I actually wasn't, but like now that you, I, God, it's been so long since I've read that book. Last time I read that book was when pure heroin had just come out. Oh yeah, my God. That would be around that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, I think I think the interesting that, thing about that, that was centuries ago. <laughs> yeah, it fe- it feels like centuries ago at this yeah. point. But I think the the fun thing about a PowerPoint that you don't experience as an actual like presentation is the sort of like swipey scrolly on the phone. Mm-hmm. But like it's not you're not having to like fall asleep in a presentation. Like it's kind of like you go at your own pace, sort of like a book, sort of not, sort of like a website, sort of not. Part of the fun of a powerpoint that you don't that you aren't there for a meeting uh for to me that is so fun is imagining a meeting yeah. <laughs> like, like you get this deck and like that was part of the joy to me was like imagining the like in what goddamn world was this like was this necessary yeah. and like who called this meeting like <laughs> and why well in uh, and introducing uh, industries, we would call this meeting every day. <laughs> yes, uh, I've, we'll I'll be there. We're gonna move uh, into the very end of the show, but I, I guess just one one last thing for me then is like, what do you see? The um, we should talk a little bit about what you know. This story is still developing, and where you see the future. You believe that they're broken up. I mean, mm-hmm. the the kind of rock at the bottom of all this is that melodrama was not a big hit for Lord as a follow-up. It's a good album. She's not touring well. She's not selling out arenas. So she's in a flop in her career right now. I, mean, I don't, that's the thing. Like that's, that's the difficult thing. And I think that's the, that's the current belief is that like, she's flopped commercially right now, but not successfully. And I kind yeah. of think that that's like, 
I think that that's true because I think that melodrama has really put her, like it cemented her place in not, like she could have gone a couple different ways, right? After pure heroin, like she Mm could have gone super poppy, which is, I think like that was a risk. And I think that's part of how she ended up with Jack Antonoff is Mm -hmm. like, she didn't go that poppy poppy route. Yeah. Or she could have gone this like kind of middle route where like she's still, you know, Greenlight was somewhat commercially successful. It's enough where you like it's out in the zeitgeist and like you still say, Lord, she's still a them. Mm-hmm. But she's not, she didn't sell, and I hate saying sell out because there's, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like she didn't go, she didn't compromise her still, sound or anything. Yeah. She's still like as proud of her work and she didn't go too esoteric where, which I think like, could have possibly been a risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she like hit this like middle road and I think it's actually in the long run going to be good for her because I, I think people are now figuring out like who's actually like a Lord as Lord actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think this was kind of in the long term, we probably will see melodrama as like a transitional album. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that this, this is separating her. This is like making her more of an artiste. Like in a way without being pretend, like totally pretentious is having this, you know, it didn't, it, it was, it might add, it, it might be freeing in the long run to have this not do amazingly because then the third album has yeah. even less like Taylor Swift has basically put out nothing but like multi-platinum albums since 2006 or whatever. And like, I feel like Lord doesn't have that pressure now. Well, and she did have that pressure. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Part of, and I think that's part of the reason that like all this went down was because like she did have that much like pressure to have success in her, her second album like she wasn't allowed to just do whatever like it right. was so yeah and she's not like an indie band or something where they can be like yeah. Yeah, we had a big breakthrough album and then we're just gonna put like, together a bunch of fucking weird yeah. rock songs you know this is Everyone you know what like, this is kind of like this is like the second management album in a weird way congratulations yeah Ooh. where they like have this huge big crossover pop success doing their kind of idiosyncratic uh, rock thing. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, fuck it. We're just going to give you like a six and a half minute song about Brian Eno's production techniques <laughs> or whatever. But, uh, but where's, where's management now? Oh, well, that's the thing. Could she, yeah, exactly. There's still like the they had third an album out this year, And I was just listening to a song of it and it was pretty good. But I feel like there's still like the third size oh, really? of font in a festival p- poster. Like, I feel like they kind of fuck themselves versus like the third size i would see i would call management solidly second second size. second size yeah people would still be hyped to see them just to hear point. fucking yeah, people kids would still in be electric field management yeah just to go that see oh, like kids on molly yeah. Yeah, yeah i'll invoke another artist that i think lord is blessed to not have fallen into the same path and that is lady gaga who had yep. the fame I think about this a lot and then followed it up with the her second album which was a a smash i'm uh, blanking on it. It's her on the motorcycle looking frightening. Uh, born this way. I know it. She has the fame. Yeah. She has the fame 2.0. She has born this way. And then it's like, what now? What do you do? That's her third album, third ish, fourth ish. And Art Pop fucking failed miserably. So I feel like Lord won't have to have the Art Pop moment because she said she sort of sidestepped it by not having the huge multi platinum second yeah. album. No, I agree. And like, you have to think too, like Lady Gaga is like, so much older than her too. So like she was navigating all this with like that much more pressure as this like young artist. Mm -hmm. I still go back to Liz fair, Liz fair. 
she's Liz Fair, mm-hmm. except she didn't. I, you know, we should have given Liz Fair's pop career more of a go. I agree. Did. I was listening to her pop album yesterday. It's it a good. gem. It's a beautiful, shiny yeah. gem. It's a jam, but like, it's well, no, it's not the same thing. But it, like, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to make perfect perfect analogies to any two pop singers. I have one yeah. more. Oh, yeah, yeah, Fiona Apple, because I think uh, Lord really reminds me of Fiona Apple, and that she was sort of like a young like people were she wasn't exactly i mean fiona apple is way more sexualized than i think lord was at least the beginning um but like fiona apple came out with her second album which i think was is that the one that she the title was a poem (laughs) (laughs) when when the pawn i think that was her so like lord kind of had that moment she didn't name her album a poem but she uh i think she like dug a little deeper into her own sound rather than tried to be what someone else wanted her to be and i mean Greenlight's a fucking jam, but there's there aren't that many songs on melodrama that are like clear breakaway radio singles. Like, oh, this yeah. could have been a huge hit. Why it's didn't much it, more why didn't albumy? It hit? Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, singles. She has places to move in a lot of directions, and she's obviously <laughs> a child still. She's a bit yeah. uh, a little That's, older, older than a child, but uh, still in in the relative so relative term, she has a lot of space to, space to move. And it's like I think this could be her rubber soul. I was thinking Ooh, about that. Yeah. I, I I think that this might be Lord's rubber soul. Yes. Yeah. If she goes she on to just from, like uh like build on in this direction. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see where she goes and how this story, which you know, I I think Molly and I are both completely sold on this and, and we'll we'll be fascinated and we'll and you know keep keep in touch with you to see how history vindicates your uh your um research can't wait for part two yeah yeah all right we're gonna move uh confidently into the end part of the episode uh i don't really have any business to attend to this time i promised somebody online that i would listen to jellyfish uh from last week's episode but Mm -hmm. uh you know i listened to a little bit of it and mostly just sounded like that uh get what you give band so uh i give jellyfish a uh yeah new radicals yes uh so i give them a uh whatever b b minus didn't really didn't really attract me that much all right um so that's a listener mail from last year last week uh and uh, listener mail it just to be clear is soundcloud comments the soundcloud comments look if, if you comment in a way that i can respond to i will read it on air uh, maybe not all, but it'll give you a chance to, to get, get on. Yeah. Um, we're trying to build that inclusive and introducing community. Uh, so come yell at us online. Speaking let's of, bu- let's build fam. Let's build fam. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about the ways that you can yell at us online. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at and intro pod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at say what again. You can follow me on Twitter at at miss Molly Mary. You can also email us at andintroducingpod at gmail.com. Our SoundCloud is at all as always at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. Mm. Uh, what else do I usually say? Oh, yeah. If you've subscribed to us on iTunes, please rate, review, and subscribe. But more importantly, tell a friend. Make a PowerPoint about us. Make a PowerPoint Actually about us. Actually, don't. Post us, post us online. I don't know if I'm ready. Send it to mashable.com so they can <laughs> say, somebody made a PowerPoint about this music podcast, and it is mind-blowing. Aggregate us. Just Yeah, aggregate us. Put us on your blog. We're just <laughs> sitting here waiting to be aggregated yeah, every day. <laughs> get, get real aggro with us. And by that, I mean aggregate. Uh, 
this has been a real delight, Hillary. Thank you for coming in and uh, unspooling your uh, big, big bad Lord theory. So good. Um, I hope. <laughs> My big bang theory. Yeah, your big bang oh, theory. No. Oh, no. oh, I can't believe we actually accidentally got there. That's good. Um, uh, you can follow uh, follow Hillary on Twitter at Buzzkillery. Um, two L's, right? Yep, two L's. L's. Just like Hillary Clinton. Just like the one that Lena lost the election. Wham, wham. Uh, but that's going to wrap it for this week. So uh, you can follow hear us again in two more weeks with another hot, fresh new episode of And Intro Deucing. Deucing.